When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Mike Luke, joined by the great Jason Shear. Hello, Shear. Hello, Michael. Actually, hold on. Let me put my light on. I apologize. There we go. Sorry. Sorry about that. All right, Shear. We've got a lot to get to this show. We are going to talk a ton of Arizona football, a ton of Arizona basketball as well. Practice is here. The red-blue game coming up here shortly as well. We will talk about that. By the way, do we know yet? Is this So this is not being streamed or televised? Uh, I don't believe so, but I will. I will send a text right now. I sent one to Mike Lowry as well. I'm waiting for him to get back to me. We are not happy about this. This is not, uh, I mean, I'll be there, but uh, yeah. So I will be telling, we're going to be doing a post-game show on this as well. So anyways, let's get to some Arizona football here. Uh, Arizona is about to play the best team it's played all season. And I think the best team probably on the West Coast in um, uh, uh, Washington. We need to talk about the quarterback situation here. You are a huge Jaden Delora fan. You have always been a huge Jaden Delora fan. Sheer Jaden Delora has been very bad this season so far. Again, um, he's got a lot of talent. Uh, he struggled to get struggled mightily against Stanford. Noah Fafita comes right in the game, moves him right down the field for a touchdown, and then secures the win. I say it's time to start Noah Fafita. Yeah, I mean, basically, when you look at Jaden's stats uh, against any team with a pulse, he has not played well. Like Stanford and Mississippi State did not play well. NAU and UTEP, uh, he was great. You know, it, it, it's tough because at the end of the day, you look at Noah and he threw four passes. Right. But those are probably the four best passes of the entire game. Of the game. And he did something that Jaden could not do. Uh, and then if you start him, you're like, okay, here you go, Noah. Your first career starts coming against Washington. Your second's coming against USC. So I, I get both sides to it. Um, I'm of the opinion, I said this before on, on your show, once you make that switch, it's over. It's done. Jaden Delora's career at Arizona is over once you make that switch. And I think that's why there's some hesitancy on Jed Fish's part. I think some of this comes down to, and I had, I've had some people reach out to me. <laughs> I know you have too. I think if you were to take the pulse of the team, if you were to ask the players without anybody knowing who should be the starter going forward, I think it would be overwhelmingly no of a after Stanford. I really do. 
Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, I don't know what overwhelming, you know, but but I think it would it would be Noah at least. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think Noah did himself a lot of favors. Now you got to keep in mind, like Noah is the best kid ever, right? Like everyone likes Noah Fafita as a human being. So when he comes in and he does well as a football player. And everyone gets a touch and the blocking and he's complimenting everyone and he's happy for everyone. Uh, It's going to be well-received. And, you know, Noah is a great kid and to see him successful, the team wants to see him successful. And yeah, I I would agree that if you were to pull the team anonymously who they want to see at quarterback on Saturday, it would probably be Noah Fafita. I think the other thing too, and, uh, in my opinion, I don't think that he would mind this because somebody showed me this. I don't think that he would really mind this at all. In my opinion, Keith Smith is the second best quarterback in U of A history. And he was asked when Noah Fafita committed to the U of A. Um, he said, that kid's a winner and that kid can wing it. I kid you not. I, I And again, I don't want to. I'm not going to throw out any names here, but I've been hit up by a number of parents, as I'm sure you have as well, that say that you know it's time for this kid he he defies the odds here i get that he's five seven i get all that but anybody that has ever watched him play that watched him in the trinity league by the way the trinity league is not flowing wells against cdo or anything like that this is the best high school conference in the country and not the best prospect obviously but there were few if any better quarterbacks during that during uh that uh, run there and again he did it uh he you know, and he does it, like you said, with a style, with the class that uh, is very befitting. Again, I am all in on Noah Fafita. The other reason I'm all in on Noah Fafita as well, Sheer, is that he takes the 15-yard run in front of him. He did that as soon as he came in. JDL doesn't do that. JDL runs around for 30 yards and then chucks it out of bounds. JDL picks and chooses what he wants to do. I, I think that's the biggest issue is that there's literally no consistency. Um, you know, against Mississippi State or whatever, he had a run, and then he had the the fifty four yard run for a touchdown early in the year, and then against Stanford, he sat in the pocket. It looked like someone actually made the comparison. It's like he looked like Gunnar Cruz at times, where he just sat and sat and like sat. Gunner Cruz, yeah, until nothing was there, which I don't think I've ever seen him do before. Usually, it's the opposite, and so you just don't know what you're going to get from Jaden Delora, and that's frustrating, and so. As a head coach, you're either saying to yourself, look, I'm going to take these awful games because I know that every third game I'm going to get an awesome one, or you're you're moving to Noah where his his ceiling may not be as high. Like, I don't know if Noah can throw for a 400-yard game, but I know that his floor is also probably not as low as Jaden's either. And before we get into this, because we're going to do some other uh, question, we're going to question the coach here a little bit. Jed Fish has been an A-plus hire. I love Jed Fish. This all goes without saying right here. It's like when I ask people, why is Taylor Swift get more love than Linda Ronstadt? I understand that Taylor Swift is a phenomenon, and I am a guy with a podcast. So again, yeah, I understand where everything is in the grand scheme of things. And again, but when you watch Fafita, though, the other thing all of a sudden, these these wide receivers that didn't seem to be able to get open for JDL, all of a sudden start getting open. These were, again, these weren't amazing passes that Noah was making. This was just an open playbook right there, Sheer. Yeah, there's something that's been off with Jaden and the receivers this year. And, and I don't really know what it is, but like, like him and Jacob Cowing are not on the same page. They were last no. year, but for whatever reason this year, they're just not. Uh, Jaden's missing throws. Cowan's running routes incorrectly at times. It's really weird um, because it wasn't there last season. And then you're right. Like Noah comes in and again, 
it's tough because it's it's four passes at the end of the day. It's only four mm-hmm. passes, but they were good passes. They were the right decision, and they led directly to a win. You know, if Arizona loses that game at Stanford, are we all still reacting like this? No. Like, if Noah goes two for four and Arizona loses, uh, this storyline is not here. But the reality is he won that game. Uh, he came in calm and, and collected, and, and now this is a story. I think the other thing, too, that bought, that's a little worrisome about uh, J, uh, JDL so far, and again, I get P, generally I mock PFF. I think that PFF is decent for certain things, but I think by and large it, it is uh, – it, if I'm a coach, I'm not relying on PFF. I'll put it to you like that. But Jaden, I do believe this stat is accurate. Jaden Delora was pressured four times against Stanford. And yet he was running around, he was running around and he was running uh, laterally more than he was vertically. I have a hard time believing that Cowing, T-Mac, et cetera, were not open on any of those plays right there, Sheer. Yeah, it was just weird because he was holding the ball on for, for so long. And I think Jed said it on his radio show that like, for whatever reason, he was making too many progressions. And like, instead of going to the first guy that was open, he wanted the big play and he was looking at the second and third. Well, that's the issue that he had last year that was supposed to be fixed in the offseason was taking what was given to him. And instead of taking what was given for him, he was just looking for the big play. When you watch Jaden in that game, it felt like every play he was trying to get 50 yards. And that's just not going to work against a good college football team. You know, there were a lot of people. I mean, we were at the tap and bottle watch parties, by the way, and there were a lot of people there that were a little frustrated with what they were watching. And I told them, don't be frustrated. Take an OG's right there. Check out our friends at OG's Brands for yourself and try one or a few of their many delicious flavors. Check them out across all socials at OG's Brands and online at ogsbrands.com. To find them at a local dispensary near you, you must be 21 years or up to enjoy responsibly and if you're getting a little frustrated by all this and you're like, I don't know where to watch the game, I've got the answer for you. Fubo TV, my friends. All right. Watch all your favorite college football and the NFL with Fubo. Go to www.fubotv.com slash PHNX to sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. Very good stuff. You can watch college football, NFL, the U.S. Open, Euro uh, Qualifiers, Ryder Cup, all of that stuff. All right. Now, Mike, back to I- know. I can confirm there is absolutely no streaming for the Red and Blue. I know. I just got the text as well. I don't understand that. We'll get to that just here in a second. So, oh, by the way. You can sign up to PHNX and Wildcat Authority because we'll be in attendance. That's actually a very good read because here's the thing, though. We're going to be doing a post-game show after, so we will be your eyes on the ground. I have four eyes to be able – Sheer only has two. I have four. It is going to be easier for me to be able to process what I'm watching than what Sheer is watching right there. So you know what? Six eyes right there. How about that right there? All right. Now, um, back to to the offense, though. Um, I have said, and I've said it many times, that I do believe that when Noah Fafita does get a real chance at the quarterback spot, he's not coming off the field. You've said that. Uh, you've said that as well on here. You begrudgingly agreed with me. I think Fafita. This this feels a little bit like, and we put a little bit of a clip out there. This feels. So listen. Sometimes coaches just get a little bit of a blind spot for a or for a player for whatever the case may be. I get it. Uh, Rich Rod certainly had that with Brandon Dawkins. We all knew that Brandon Dawkins wasn't good. Uh, again, JDL is better than Brandon Dawkins, so I don't want to put him in that uh, in that category. But everybody knew Khalil Tate was uh, better than him. And it took Brandon Dawkins getting injured for 
Khalil Tate to run for 900 yards. I do see, I do wonder if this is a little bit of that same situation right here, Sheer, and I know you do as well. Here's the deal. I've said this before, and you were at practice, Mike. You were at practice. Jaden Delora, well, sometimes. Jaden Delora was better than Noah Fafita. That's it. That's it. If you go based off what we saw in spring and the fall, Jaden Delora was the number one quarterback. Mm-hmm. So I've asked this before. I get it. And, and, and Jed has said he goes by practice. That's where you earn your depth chart, even more than games sometimes. And I'll ask him again on Thursday because I think it's a fair question and other coaches have different philosophies and all that. When we go back to the Brandon Dawkins, Khalil Tate, the Nick Foles, Matt Scott, there is a difference between gamers and guys that just practice really well. Mm-hmm. And it's a very, very real possibility that Noah is just a dude that when you put him in a game, he's really good. And the problem is that you have to be able to trust him enough to put him in that game to find him out, to yeah, find that problem- out. So, All right. I get what you're saying. I'm just saying it's not as cut and dry as this guy is better in games and this guy is better in practice because you have to eventually basically turn – on. like it's with Brandon Dawkins and Khalil Tate. Let's go back to that. Once you make that move – you're not going back to Brandon Dawkins, which is great. Once you make that full Scott move, you're not going back to, to – you know what I'm saying? So you have to be confident that Noah is better than Jaden Delora in games. All right. We're going to get back to that. <laughs> um, let's talk about Gunnar Maldonado here for a minute because I we at least – under- this one. <laughs> All right. I, I listen, like I said, and again, I'm going to keep saying this out there. We're a big fan of Jed fish on uh, again. Jed fish actually cares about doing a uh, Arizona football. He works hard. We like Jed fish. So this is all nuanced over in the overarching thing. Plus Jed fish is part of the back, the a movement, which means everything, but Gunnar Maldonado, um, Jed fish brought him to the presser yesterday. Um, or brought him to the coaches show and talked about how great he's been about how he's been a leader of uh, basically a leader of men on the, uh, on the team Sheer, Every single play- team that Arizona plays looks for Gunnar Maldonado first, second, third, fourth, and fifth when they are targeting other receivers uh, or when they are targeting their offense. This cannot, there is no way that Jed fish thinks that he's been fantastic. So I know you don't like PFF, but what I do for PFF is I use it when it backs up my claims. Well, I, <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get that it. It's awesome. Uh, it backs up our claims on Gunner perfectly. He is the second worst power five safety in America with more than a hundred snaps. Think about that. I- <laughs> America, the country, he is like sixth in coverage. Uh, there is nothing. And I'll, it, it, here's here's what I'm guessing what Jed Fish sees. And this is a guess because I, I don't agree with it at all. Oh, I know where you're going. I don't like it, but go ahead. Uh, there's two things we got to keep in mind. Number one, the UTEP game. He was fine, right? Mm-hmm. Had the great play with the fumble, was hitting guys all over, whatever. The second thing we have to consider is, is it possible his backups are just that bad? Like, here's is it the- possible Isaiah Taylor just isn't good? Here's the, here's the thing. I don't know if they are not good. But I know that they are young, and I know that they can get better. Gunnar Maldonado is in his fifth year or fourth year of college football. This is exactly who Gunnar Maldonado will always be right here. 
He's not getting any better. So if you're going to take your lumps with the second worst safety in college football, at least as far as pass coverage by your PFF, not my PFF, then I'm going with the younger dude right there. I really don't. Again, I don't really I don't I don't this one. It's one that I don't get. I at least get the JDL thing um, because, again, JDL has had high moments. Maldonado and especially this week against Washington. That's ter- that that's terrifying to think about here. Yeah, I <laughs> I, uh, I got no defense for coming. You know, I I think he is. Uh, it, it's one of these things, and I and I asked someone close to the program, and he said, "Cheer." I have yet to receive an answer. I've gone directly to coaches and said, and, and this is look, someone that we know. Of, this is somebody yes. high up. And at the end of the day, if Jed Fish said, "Hey guys, you know what? Stop asking me about Gunner. It is what it is." I'd be like, "Okay, cool, yeah." Cool. You admitted it. It is what it is. We're going to have to live with it. But when I asked Jed, like, it's not a real answer because the the answer that he gets doesn't back up. I I think if you're Washington, you are absolutely going right at Gunnar Maldonado. And not only are you going – yeah, I mean, seriously. And the problem, though, too, is that – and we're going to get to what uh, we're going to get to Takario Davis and Ephesians Prysock. The prop I thought going into the year, I was a little nervous about the young, you know, the young corners out there. And I think they've acquitted themselves fairly well, not great, but fairly well. Like I said, Dalton Johnson at safety. That's a shout out right there to uh, who's the, who's the poster again. Um, Portland Timbers right there. Portland Timbers. Um, Dalton Johnson has been a massive upgrade over Christian young. Um, but the Maldonado thing is just, it's just baffling to me right there. Um, I, I Like I said, I, I don't get it at all. Real quick, Kevin Cortez clearly does not like Noah Fafita. Listen, all I'm going to say is this, Kevin, is that if you watch the Mississippi State game, Jaden Delora lost that game for the Wildcats. It's it's the way – it's just the way it is. Jaden Delora is uh, – or Noah Fafita is pro- – Probably won the game for Arizona against Stanford. That is what we know at this point. So be nice. Be nice. Um, Now, there's a lot of good stuff to come on that we're going to talk about now. By the way, this defensive line for Arizona is good. This is the first time I've seen a defensive line here since probably Stoops, honestly, where it's like, man, this isn't maybe an above average defensive line. And Taylor Upshaw has been a leader of men, a titan of industry out there. You know, I, I don't think Arizona is going to beat Washington, but I feel better than I would say even last year because I know that there's at least a chance of making Michael Penix uncomfortable, right? Like mm-hmm. the defensive line is there. Did you call uh, him Micah Penix? It's Michael Penix. Yeah, no, I say Penix. You oh, turned him Michael Parsons. No, it is it is Michael Penix. Right. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. All right, go ahead. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, it, it's like Upshaw is going to get there. Isaiah Ward's going to get there. Um, Washington has a good O-line, but at least I know that there's not a bad defensive line across. But Arizona's defensive line is legitimately good. Hopefully, Ty Ty and Bill Norton are healthy for this weekend. They, you know, Arizona needs them bad. Um, but even both those guys, like Ty Ty has been awesome. It, it was a big deal when he got hurt. So, Ideally, Arizona has a healthy defensive line for this weekend. All right. Taylor Upshaw has been the person that we definitely were hoping that Arizona would get right there. Three and a half sacks through four games. He was an absolute monster. Isaiah Ward was also a monster. People on your board need to understand that Isaiah Ward is good, and he is going to start as long as he is at Arizona. And then, like I said, the tackles. You need big Bill Norton out there. Ty Ty Uyagalele, like you said, has been awesome. Uh, Tyler Manoa. 
got to give Jed Fish a lot of credit on this. This is a totally rebuilt defensive line. And like I said, it's actually kind of good. Yeah, I mean, look, at the end of the day, I, like we don't know how many wins Arizona's going to wind up with, but Jed Fish has done everything he said he's going to do. He told everyone that he was going to go and improve the defensive line and get bigger. They're absolutely bigger. Um, did they make some mistakes along the way? Yeah, we didn't really understand the Oren Patu addition when it happened, and we probably still don't understand it now, right? Um, but at the end of the day, like Bill Norton has been awesome. Manoa's been fine. Uh, even Tia Savea, who wasn't mm-hmm. very good last year, he's he's really come on strong lately. Right. Isaiah Ward is a guy that didn't have that many offers. He looks like you said he's going to start every game for the rest of his career. He has NFL Arizona. potential. To the people on your board, he has NFL potential, my friend. He is not coming yeah, out. He's legitimately him. good. Uh, I I know, but and this is like back like when PFF. This is when we don't trust PFF. Their D line right. grades make no sense. Not, I don't I don't know how Isaiah Ward can have a sack and a half and two tackles for loss, and he ranks out as like the second-worst player on the defense behind Gunner. That is not true. Well, it's like what someone posted, uh, Portland Timbers posted, that like the game that like T.J. Watt had like two fumbles, recoveries, three sacks, blah, blah, he graded out to like a C. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's all nonsense. Uh, yeah. It's all – a lot of that's a lot of that stuff's nonsense. Also, overall – I'm okay with the defense. Um, the uh, the DBs, I thought it was a kind of a rough day for the corners to a certain extent because Stanford definitely dropped some passes that they should have. Stanford dropped two touchdown passes right there that they should have had. But I go into games now thinking that Arizona has a chance on defense right there. Uh, the last, what, five years, I have thought that Arizona has had no chance due to the defense right there. By the way, Brad Rich, Upshaw is Arizona's Micah Parsons. Not Micah P- Penix or Mike, Micah Penix. Micah Penix. Pers- what, what say you, Sheer? I forgot what your question was. I don't even, I don't even think I had a question. Oh, the right secondary? I, I will say this. Uh, I thought Ephesians probably thought that was his worst game of yeah. the season by far. Right. I mean, he, he, look, he looked lost at times. Uh, it was scary that Tiger Bachmeyer was getting behind the Arizona defense. Yeah. You're right. There were drop passes and, and things like that. And against Washington, Roma Dunze, Jalen McMillan, those guys aren't dropping those passes. Right. Um, look, it, and that's why I think, like, and I think you'd agree, if Arizona has any chance of winning the game this weekend, it's got to be like like last year. Where What was it last year, like 49 to 39 or something yeah. like that? It's well, got to be, it's gotta be that. It's just, that's it's, it's just no way. And that's my problem, I guess, with JDL at this stage, though, is that Arizona has to score points to win. Um, and if you don't, if you're putting up the kind of numbers that Arizona is, I don't really care if uh, I don't really care if the defense is playing at a C level. Arizona's not going to win any games if you're putting up 19 points. If you're putting up against good teams, Skier. And isn't it crazy? Like we're talking about benching him against Washington in order to have Arizona score more, and then. This time last year when Arizona played Washington, he threw for 400 yards. It was awesome. And he went on that tear. I think it started with the Washington game where he had like nine touchdowns in two games, so one pick, and it's like, oh, crap. But now you just don't trust them to do that. Right. And I wonder wonder if Arizona goes in the game saying, look, this is going to be a shootout, or if they say, you know what, we're going to manage the heck out of this. We're going to try to do what Stanford did to us where we only get three drives in the whole second half. And Washington's going to have seven drives the entire game. And if we stop them on half, we're golden. 
We need to talk about the running backs here because overall I'm very happy, but I do have a, I do see a fly in the ointment that I'm not thrilled about right there. But first, game time right here. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code PHNX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHNX for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I know people that have gone to Metallica concerts. I know people that have gone to football games last second and got a deal because of game time. Check it out right there. Game time. All kinds of good stuff right there. All right. Um, let's see here. This team as a whole, this team as a whole won't be the same without Jaden back there taking snaps. I don't understand what Kevin Cortez is saying at all because Jaden has not been good this year. But you know what? To each their own. Let's talk running backs. Jonah Coleman. You and I question you and I, I remember where we were watching when we were watching practice, and we uh we both said, is Jonah Coleman a workout warrior or is he actually good? And we had no clue. We know now that Jonah Coleman is really good. And honestly, Michael Wiley's fantastic. I would still start Michael Wiley. But if you're telling me I gotta win one game and one back needs to get 25 carries, I'm going Jonah Coleman right there, Skier. Yeah, I'll never say anything bad about Michael Wiley. Ever. Uh, And I completely understand why Arizona wants to give him 10, 15 carries a game. I think Jonah is a little different, right? Like it's just Wiley's very patient. Uh, You know, he's going to get those three yards, but I don't know if he's going to get, turn those three into 15, right? Right. He'll get those three that you need. Uh, Jonah Coleman to me is the guy where when you tell him you need three or four, he'll go out and, and the possibility to get you 12 is there. Uh, I think DJ Williams is kind of similar. So Mm -hmm. it really depends what you're looking for. But yeah, I mean, like against Washington, if Wiley's hurt, again, I love Wiley. But if you're going to go out against Washington and try to control the clock, I'm cool with Jonah Coleman getting 15 to 20 carries on Saturday. Out of all the running backs on the roster that I think have long-term sustainable NFL potential, it's Jonah Coleman. Jonah Coleman is the one guy that I look and I'm like, all right, I can see Jonah Coleman. Again, not being a Maurice Jones-Drew, but uh, being being a something kind of like that, obviously, on a lesser level. I'm not saying that he's going to lead the league in rushing, but I could see it, though, Skier. Yeah, I, I could see him. He's just having a nice NFL career, uh, strong kid. Does it knock on wood, uh, stays healthy, yeah. blocks really well, has become a legit threat out of the backfield to catch. Uh, I would expect him to be a major part of the game plan in the next few weeks. All right, Brad Rich, the great Brad Rich right here. Split DJ and Jonah, sprinkle in speedy fam. I agree. We've got to get fam in there a little bit more. I don't understand it. This is a big pet peeve of mine. All coaches do it. So again, I realize it's probably just dweeby Mike Luke that's complaining about it. I get it. I I don't understand the whole thing about all you do about having a punt returner that is just back there to fair catch. And quite frankly, Jacob Cowing's a fantastic player. He's going to make a lot of money in the NFL. Jacob Cowing is not a good punt returner. He doesn't look like he knows what he's doing out there half the time as a punt returner. I do not understand this year. Explain it to me like I am not me. Speedy must be really bad at punt returns, right? Like there must be an issue he has with catching the ball or something because there's just no argument for – cowing to be back there like just and and i'm only bringing this up because arizona's playing washington the first play of that game cow punts it away or whatever and roma dunze takes it back for a touchdown that changes the whole game when you kick to cowing you just know it's going to be fair caught or he's going to let sometimes it's fair caught within the five yard line yeah and so it makes no sense and look even if it's not 
cowing, or even if it's not Speedy Luke, let's say he just fumbles. I don't think he does, but let's say he does. There's no reason for it to be cowing. And I understand that Fish is trying to show the NFL, whatever, oh, look, he can do multiple things, but he can't. He just can't return punts. He's not that type of dude. Um, move on from that. He's a great, like I said, he's a great football player. He's going to have a role in the NFL, but guess what? He's not going to be, nobody's ever going to mistake him for Tyreek Hill. Is this fair? Yeah. Okay. There we go. All right. Fair enough. Now we got to talk a little bit about the, we got to talk about a little bit about the offensive line. I like the offensive line. Um, I am more than fine with it. By the way, we got to talk Jordan Morgan, Jordan Morgan and Justin Spears put this out there the other day. Another one, the great Justin Spears, uh, Jordan Morgan is now showing up on top 20 NFL lists right now. He's a monster. Jonah's a monster. This is a, that is as good a bookend duo right there as you're going to find in the conference there. I said it and I stand on principle. Yeah, it might be. I mean, I would argue you could extend it to the country, right? Like how many bookend, you know, Alabama, are, are get out of here. Well, I, I, I mean, the, I it, like you have two first round linemen. Jordan Morgan is a freak with some of the stuff that they have him doing in terms of pulling and the motions that he has to do. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, Arizona's offensive line is fine. Is the run blocking as good as we'd like it to be? No, but the pass blocking is literally like it's as good as it gets. Um, again, PFS, which we love when it helps us. Arizona has the second best pass blocking grade in the entire country. Right. I, and that just goes with, and that's an easier thing to, I think, actually look out there and say, all right, this lines up because it's easier to tell if somebody's being pressured or not. I, I would, uh, I would, uh, I would go with that. I don't buy any of their stuff about linebackers and safeties grades, unless it's Gunnar Maldonado. Correct. Well, I mean, um, you can see it with your eyes too. Like the pass blocking is clearly there. Like the fact that Jaden can run around and not get touched and run around for six seconds is because the offensive line is doing its job. And then the uh, ball is thrown out of bounds. Gunner Cruz style right there. All right. <laughs> Raymond Polito, our guy, we need Raymond Polito to stay healthy and stay out there. We need Raymond Polito out there because I think if he stays healthy and stays out there, he's going to be very good. Yeah. I feel awful for him, man. I really do. Like he, I mean, the, the bike thing was a freak accident, whatever, but then he comes in, he gets rolled over. I don't know if he's going to play this weekend. Um, yeah, I, I feel really bad for him at this point. Yeah, I do too. All right. Tanner McLaughlin. got to talk about Tanner McLaughlin for a second. Some people think that Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in the world. I say it's Tanner McLaughlin right there. And I believe that Taylor Swift, who we will get to at the end of the show, because I have some questions. Maybe Sheer can uh, help me out a little bit. Tanner McLaughlin is a joking aside. Tanner McLaughlin at tight end is an absolute monster, Sheer. I think he's one of the most underrated. Yeah, I think he's one of the most underrated players in the conference, if not the country. Like if you, if you, targeted him the same way Stanford targets Benjamin Urasek, the numbers would be Tanner would have better numbers. I really believe that. All right. Who is better? Seriously. Serious question right here. Cause they're both very good. Jalen Conyers or Tanner McLaughlin. I think Tanner McLaughlin is a better pure tight end than Jalen Conyers. We are both back in the A right there. And that is a compliment because Jalen Conyers is a very, very good player that will play in the NFL. But Tanner McLaughlin, we are we are very happy about him right there. Um, by the way, all right, good uh, uh, good stuff right here, uh, Brad Rich. How about Joe Borjan holding it down in Polito's stead? Fantastic. I got to give – we don't give Borjan enough credit here. He's really kind of a jack-of-all-trades on this offensive line. You need dudes like that. He's never going to play in the NFL. By the way, Lamont Lovett discovered Joe Borjan right there. Shout out to Lamont Lovett. But right there, Jamar, uh, excuse me, I almost said Jamar Lovett. Um, Joe uh, Joe Borjan, though, good, good football player out there, Skier. Yeah, uh, I mean, and, and again, 
He's never going to be like a superstar. We go, oh my God, it's Joe Borjan. But right. uh, he does his job, right? Like right. he does his job. He moves around. What he's being asked to do is not easy. Credit to him. Last game, credit to Leif. Our guy Leif. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there Quinn Matheson, shout out to you. We know you listen to the show, Quinn. Yeah, and and, and look, when, when Jed Fish put together his coaching staff, there were two hires that got ridiculed, mm-hmm. right? Number one was Scotty Graham. You didn't you didn't understand it either, Sheer. You don't get out of this. Number two was Brennan Carroll, right? You could argue those were two of the best. Actually, you can't. Those were two of the best hires Fish made. Carroll and Graham have been absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And you know what's funny too? Like it's funny you mentioned Brennan Carroll right there. I had a lot of people, because I I obviously didn't know anything about him when he came in here, other than he was Pete Carroll's kid. A lot of people just thought he was coming in here to have a good time, you know, kind of spread his wings a little bit. He's starting to look like somebody that's going to have some head coaching possibilities in the near future there, Sheer. Brennan Carroll gets it. He's one of those dudes. Yeah, 100. Like, he's he, he's a guy where, I mean, he works his butt off. The, the players absolutely love him. Um, eventually, you got to think that that he's going to move on and be able to call his own plays and all that. But he's also a guy that he's, he's very comfortable. He's loving life right now. All right, Shear doesn't know this, but he's actually coming back on the show tomorrow as my guest for tomorrow. Mr. Petrard has uh, has uh, said that he needs to move it to next week. I'm not happy about this, Shear. You'll be filling in for him again. Um, but you do. You will. We'll talk about it. All right, now, before we get there, though, Arizona, I think this is the toughest game of the season. I'm still going to back the A, but I don't, I don't think Arizona matches up very well with Washington at all. What say you? And then we're going to get to some basketball right here because basketball is here. It would be a very large upset uh, if Arizona wins this game. Can they keep it close for three quarters? Probably. Um, you know, there are some holes on Washington, but that offense is just wild. It, it would take Arizona's defense playing the best game in years for Arizona to be able to win this game. All right, before we get on to the next stage, no better time to become a PHNX diehard. Go to gophnx.com, get it. You get all kinds of cool stuff. You get the merch, you get the Discord chat, you can get Saul Bookman telling me that I don't know what I'm talking about. He's almost always right about that. Lots of back and forths right there. Would love to see it. And again, the great Anthony Jimino is here. And to quote Jason Shear, I actually like Jimino right there. Shear likes very few people. He likes Jimino. This is true. It's true. This is true. So, again, no better time to become a diehard. Check it out. All right, some Arizona basketball talk. Sheer practice is here. Tommy Lloyd, I'm just going to say this right now. Tommy Lloyd, I think, knows that he has an underrated national team on his hands right here. You got a little bit of those smirks yesterday that you did in that first year when Arizona was underrated. Sheer, when we're going to start getting to the players – it's time to rock and roll right now. He knows what's up. Yeah, he knows. He knows they have a good team. You can just tell he likes the team quite a bit. Um, look, they want to put together the schedule if he didn't like this team because a lot of these games are late additions. Um, is it going to take some time to gel? Maybe just because there's so many new guys. But th- this team is built the way that he wants it to be built. Right. And that's the best way I could put it. Tony Clifton says, who's going to live stream the red blue game, Sheer or Mike? We are not right. We are neither one of us are going to live stream the game. Um, and uh, it doesn't sound like the U of A is either. I don't understand this, Sheer. This is a this is a this is a head scratcher for me. Yeah, I don't get it at all. I'm gonna be honest. 
Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? We don't blame Tommy Lloyd, but we know who we should blame. We should blame Mike Lowry for this. Mike Lowry, I am blaming you right there for this. All right. Now, but as far as this team goes, we're going to start with, and again, we're going to get into this hot and heavy tomorrow. Keyshawn Johnson. I it's going to, I think it's going to be exciting for everybody out there to be able to see this dude, because honestly, again, Ben Matherin is clearly the best player of the, uh, of the Tommy, uh, the Tommy gun era. This might be the most physically imposing player of the Tommy Gunn era. Not the best, but the most physically imposing skier. Yeah, I mean, he's an athletic freak. And, and with the way that Arizona plays, uh, he might lead the country in dunks. And I'm completely right. serious when I say it. Like, he's going to have numerous, you know, athletic numerous. dunks. Numerous. I brought that back. I haven't said that in a while. Uh, yeah. dunks, in, dunks in transition. Um, I mean, he could score eight, 10 points just off transition dunks a game. Like, it, it really is going to be like that. Um, yeah, I mean, he he is a physically imposing player. And we need to talk a little bit about Jaden Bradley here. I think he's kind of getting lost in all of this. Um, this Jaden Bradley, I don't know when that time is going to come, whether it's next year or the year after. But Jaden Bradley, at some point, is going to be the starting point guard for a top 10 team. And... Everybody out there is going to love him. Not a great shooter, but he is certainly different than any point guard that Arizona has had here to this point, including Kylan Boswell, who we will get to. Yeah, I mean, he gets in the paint. He draws fouls. That's already different than an Arizona point guard under Tommy in the past. Um, you know, he's not a great shooter, but he finds other ways to impact the game. Above average defensively runs the offense well. You're probably right. We're, we're probably not talking about him enough. And what's really nice about him is when he's able to get into the lane, he can get into the lane. I think the thing, listen, um, Kirk Creesa drove me crazy, but again, he he did some good things. I can't sit here and say that he didn't, but Jaden Brad, or, but he never got into the paint. He never stressed a defense like that. It was just a three point shot or now nah, that was it. Um, yeah. Jaden Bradley is going to get into the lane and I think he's going to make life easier for a lot of these big men as well. Um, you know, like a, uh, like a Crevis, like a Keyshaw Johnson, there hasn't been a dude quite like him to this point, And I think we're going to embrace it right there. Sure. Well, even though I like, I don't want to read too much in the international trip, but we saw it there, right? Like he had a, right. a game where he had seven assists and all it was, was he got in the lane, drew a double because he was so deep in the lane and there was a big waiting there for an easy dunk. Um, right. That's good offense, right? And, and Jaden Bradley is very capable of doing that. That's going to be a large part of his role when he has the ball, and you trust him to give up the ball at the right times. Um, he's going to have some pretty nice assist numbers this season, I would I would think. All right, Sheer, you are a big, big, big non-fan of adding Caleb Love to the team. This is true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sheer? I came around a little bit, but at first, you're you're right. All right, have you now? Caleb Love, though, I think he's going to fit in very, very well this year, and I think he's going to give Arizona something they didn't have last year, Sheer. You agree? I like the, the what Tommy told us, that basically you can win without guys like Caleb Love, but if you want to win titles, you need to have a guy like him. And they didn't have that last year. Right. And, and so from, from that direction is, can it go wrong? Absolutely. It can absolutely go wrong. But if it goes right, um, then obviously your your team is significantly better. So I get that from him. I'm, I'm still a little skeptical. You know, I want to see it to believe it, but uh, I get the addition more than I probably did a few months ago. All right. Well, we like that. He's coming around now. We're going to talk about some of the other perimeter people. But first, to answer your question, yes, Jacob Franklin, Circle K. Sheer, when was the last time you went to Circle K? 
Uh, yesterday, I got gas at Circle K. There you go right there. Check it out. Grant and Oracle, that Circle K. Or if you want to go to a friendlier area, you can go on to the north side. But either way, they are there for the people, by the people. Check it out. Circle K, the inner circle. Join inner circle for, do you get it, by the way, the inner circle? So proud of you. You're so creative. For free by downloading the Circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com for more details. All right. I saw Umar Ballo on campus yesterday. Umar Ballo has definitely lost a little bit of weight. I told you. All right. It's still very annoying to me that he allowed himself to get out of shape like that. But Umar Ballo, by the time the season hits, is going to be fine. My only frustration, though, still was that when you're a player like that and you're trying to maximize everything, you want to spend the summer getting into better shape, not spend the year doing the Shaquille O'Neal thing where you try to get into shape as the season goes. That I don't like. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't disagree with you, and you and you wish he stayed in shape, and it, you know, because it's probably taken a little bit from him uh, in order to get back into shape. But as long as he gets there for the regular season, then then so be it. Here we go. Right, and I'm telling you though, it's a good thing he's getting into shape though, because one thing I can one thousand percent guarantee all of you out there, right there, is that Montias Crevis is going to eat into those minutes. Pardon the pun, and not only is he going to eat into those minutes. And again, we like Umar Ballo, leader of men on this show, a great deal. But uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Crevis is better by midseason. Not going to start, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if Crevis is better by midseason. No, it wouldn't surprise me. I like Crevis. And and I think they're also different type of players. They can't play together, uh, but they're different different types of players. But Crevis is very clearly going to be a good player at Arizona. Um, You know, offensively, he's more advanced than I thought he would be. And defensively, he's already very good. So, he, he was obviously a, a clearly a very nice addition for Arizona. All right. I get a lot of people that ask me about Henry Vasar. I am. Um, I'm at the kind of the point with Henry where I don't know where Henry plays, to be honest with you. I just don't. I haven't heard things about him uh, really cracking that rotation. As a matter of fact, take this for what it's worth, because I'm obviously biased. But I think Shear might have heard the same thing. Dylan might have uh, Dylan might have lapped him. Just saying. Putting it out there. Go ahead. Henry, uh, yeah, Henry's got a lot of work to do. Let's just leave it at that. A lot of work. Right, to do. I, what the, the strategy I would take is I wouldn't expect him to be a part of the rotation in any substantial way. And if he is, you're pleasantly surprised. Yes. All right. Now, Polly M, though, a lot of people here's the thing with the rotation. We know exactly who is for sure going to play a ton of minutes. Kylan Boswell, Jane Bradley, Caleb Love, Pella Larson, the Swedish pinball. Umar Ballo, um, Keyshaw Johnson, Montias Crevis. Then I think it becomes fascinating because I think there's that there's KJ Lewis and there's Polly M right there that I think are going to battle for that extra spot right there. Um, it's going to be fascinating, but I think KJ Lewis is going to be somebody that is going to be difficult not to play in some capacity, some games more than most. But KJ Lewis is looking at Jason Shear right now and saying, you're about to see it. Yeah, the problem is again though, like I just don't know where his minutes come from. Like who whose minutes is he taking away? And that to me is is one of the storylines in terms of the rotation is if KJ Lewis is good enough to see the court, and I don't disagree that he is, um who what minutes is he taking away? Like whose minutes are suffering because of that? Right. 
Now, we're going to get to the Swedish pinball here in a second. My bad, Pella. The My Bad Pella movement will probably start back up this Friday. Looking forward to it. By the way, I hope they sit us together. I get very annoyed when they try not to sit us together, Sheer. So uh, who's in charge of the seating for basketball? I'm trying to think. I, I think it's it's actually someone different for this game. This game is they might different. not know then. Nice, nice. Yeah. All right. Now, here's the deal with BetMGM though. Sign up for BetMGM, yeah. use bonus code PHNX, place your first BetMGM sports wager through BetMGM Sportsbook wow. mobile app of at least $10 and you will receive $200 instantly in additional winnings regardless of your wager's outcome. Check out the show notes for full details. We still like the over of 5 wins. This is correct, Sheer. Yeah, ride or die. Ride or die, ride or die, back the A. But we like the over of that, and we also like Colorado, which we're actually going to talk about here in a second, to get decimated by Oregon right there. But let's uh, hear from Shane Diefenbach, the traveling Shane Diefenbach, with the disclaimer. Link problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y 467-369-NEW York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. All right. Thank you. Thank you there, Shane. Um, where were we going with this? Oh, Pella Larson. All right. Tommy Lloyd, obviously the biggest Pella Larson supporter out there by a mile. And again, Tommy Lloyd knows what he's doing. Obviously, um, last year, um, last couple of years, probably overshot Pella there just a little bit. What are we looking for from Pella Larson this year, Sheer? You leave my guy alone. Pella's going to have a I great year. Great year. All-American year? Are you calling it or you're calling it an all-American year? You just did. No, let's calm down here. But he's gonna have a first, you know, first team all conference type of year. I do think he'll do that. Hmm. Interesting. First team all conference. Jason Shear is calling Pella Larson for a first team all conference at the 4510 mark of this podcast, right? <laughs> yeah, that just means he's one of the what the, the 12 best players in the means conference? he's one yeah, of the 10 best players in the conference. I'll take it. I'm back, I back the Pell. All right, you back the Pell right there. All cool. All right, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. Um, back to football real quick. Boog, boog. Um, this is an interesting question right here, um, and I've had a lot of people ask me this. Want to see Jed lose the fans as quickly as he's tried to get them back? Keep playing JDL. Going back to football right there. Um, I will say I think the city's out on JDL. Um, and if he goes out there and throws five picks in the first half against Washington and they don't move the ball, I think they're really going to be out on JDL. I would agree with that. I think there's – if JDL plays this Saturday and he does poorly, it's it's very hard for Jed to justify moving forward with him. I'll just put it like that. By the way, even our late arrivers, though, they come with the energy, though. The back the A movement is strong. That's for you, Bear Down Rick. I know you're listening right there. Um, <laughs> I do have a stalker right here on uh, Shears' board, which uh, – but all right. Um Although, uh, uh, real real quickly, though, I want to talk about Colorado here for a second. Why is Colorado better than Arizona? I'm just asking it right now. Why is Colorado better than Arizona? Shadur Sanders is better than uh, Arizona's quarterbacks. I'll give you that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I really don't. I Hype, I guess. I, I think that game is going to be a really good football game, actually. I think Arizona um, could absolutely win that game. And why was Colorado ranked? That was the easiest blowout to ever see coming. 
just because they beat TCU. I mean, when you think about it, TCU isn't as good as they were. Nebraska sucks. Sorry, Mike. No, they did. Uh, and then Colorado State was is an average team, if that. And so Colorado now we're State went into overtime against Middle Tennessee last week, or went yeah. into or losing. I mean, come on, come on. What are we doing? Yeah, now they're going to get blown out by USC, and then I think they have ASU. So we'll see what happens. Ooh, that interesting. Oh, ASU. Good call. That's not even in my show notes, but good call. I am actually going to stick up for Ray Anderson here for a minute. First of all, I hope that Ray Anderson stays as the uh, ASU athletic director. Totally get it. But let's be honest here, though. Ray Anderson, I can't believe I'm saying this. Ray Anderson has an impossible job, though, because he you got, you're got answering to Michael Crow. Michael Crow is not going to give you anything to assist with anything. He doesn't believe that, again, he doesn't believe in sports. I, I don't. I think his hands are a little bit tied right here, to be honest, Sheer. I mean, if you're, let's put it to you like this. If you're a high profile head coach, do you want, uh, with basketball or football, do you want anything to do with Michael Crow? Uh, not unless you're Kenny Dillingham. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but, you know, it, they're both at fault. At the end of the day, they're both at fault. Um, it's just easier to get rid of an athletic director than it is a school president. But we do agree, though, that we are much happier to be in the situation we are. Even you have bonded and rekindled a uh, non-existent friendship with Dave Hickey. You were back in the Dave. Yeah, I backed the Dave. I would absolutely rather have Dave Hickey than Ray Anderson. That's all we want to hear. No doubt about it. That's all we want to hear right here. Now, a little bit back uh, because there were a few notes here from the comments that I wanted uh, that I wanted to get back to here just for a minute before we sign off. Justin Flo. I am also at the point here. I hope he's healthy, but I'm also at the point with Justin Flo. I need him out there 85% of the time. Don't care if he's bad in pass coverage. He's too cataclysmic of a player not to have out there. Justin Flo needs to be out there. Yeah, I agree. If Flo is healthy, he needs to play quite a bit. You know what I also don't understand, though? The argument, and tell me where I'm wrong here, the argument that you can't play Justin Flo because he's bad in pass coverage, but Gunnar Maldonado is fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you, you won't hear me defend Gunner, so go for it. All right, all right, all right. All right, Sheer, before we sign off right here, where can they find you causing all your problems? Uh, WildcatAuthority.com, at Jason Shear on Twitter, at the Wildcat Scoop Podcast with Shelby. All right, and by the way, we got Chris Gronkowski coming on Thursday right here. Very excited about that. Pa- future future NFL player, uh, past NFL player right there. Uh, Shearer is coming back on tomorrow. We're going to break down U of A basketball in depth. Then Friday, we got a post-game show, Red Blue Post Game. We will be your eyes on the ground. I have four eyes. I will try to bring my goggles as well so I can have six eyes. And then we got the post-game show Big action pack week here for you all. Plus, we got a short coming out here about Gunnar Maldonado. <laughs> all right. For Jason Shear, I'm Mike Luke, the great Jacob Franklin behind the scenes. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.